Yes, I am shamelessly playing movies at church because I'm a movie junkie. And uh, this has been a summer of blockbusters that I have been enjoying immensely. Thankfully, my daughter works at Marcus, so I get these cool things called dollar passes. So you all suckers have to pay $20 to go, and I pay a dollar. So uh, that's why you have children is to work for you. And... Uh, bring you dollar passes. Um, we are using themes from five of these summer movies, uh, blockbusters, to build us up as a church. We are learning what it means to be a part of the church, not just family church, but the church, capital C church. And what is that? The church is everybody who follows Jesus Christ and calls him Lord. And, and, and there's, there's like a, a a short list of very important things to believe about Jesus and God and, and, and who he is, and that actually unites millions of people called Christians around the globe, which is so exciting. And so we are worshiping with other people around the clock, and, and it's just a fantastic thing to be a part of. But what does it mean to be a part of the church? What does it mean to follow Jesus? We're going to define what this looks like in this series by looking at five vital roles of being a Christ follower. Week one, we talked about grace. As followers of Jesus, we have been saved by grace. That's the door in. He provides it. It's something we have to say yes to, but it's nothing that any of us can earn. And we talked even more about last week as we grow that so many Christians, we walk through the door of grace, and then we think we've got to earn our growth in the Lord, like we've got to work hard in the church to achieve anything, and it's, it's still by grace that we, we live in, uh, in God's uh, presence. We need to live by it and be committed to showing it to others. The way we're going to reach the world around us is by them encountering God's grace, oftentimes through us. And so we need to recognize the grace that God has poured into us and give it away to the people we come in contact with. Week two, last week, we learned that growth should be a goal of every Christ follower. We need to continually pursue growth as a Christian. We're not talking about salvation. We're not talking about changing your status with God. We're talking about growing in him and not just being someone that knows him, but actually living like one of his kids. And so there's a big difference between the two. If and when I struggle in that, I need to seek every resource at my disposal to begin growing again. And that is a part of every relationship. You'll notice it uh, with your spouse, with your friends, um, and definitely with God. They'll, you'll, you'll feel, you can feel like maybe a staleness has come in. And as soon as you do with the Lord, you go back to work on it. It should be something that you're growing in and maintaining. So week one was grace. Week two was grow. Today we're going to talk about gifts, and not just presents, which I like. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, birthday in August. Sad, shameful. Yeah, we need to identify the spiritual gifts that God has entrusted to us as individuals and use them to help build his church. When I struggle to understand what my gifts are, or how to use them, I need to commit to learning more about them and grow in my ability to use them. Does that make sense? So you might struggle with, with God, what am I good at? You know, what, what, do you want, what do you want me to do for you? We're not talking about earning your salvation or, or, or doing something to impress God. 
We're talking about a response to being in relationship with him. Serving should be a part of a growing relationship with him, just like giving. So the question should come to us, God, what, where, what part do I play, right? I finally saw Avengers Infinity War this week. Um, like I said, been a, actually a pretty full summer as far as movies, and, and just finding the time is, is, is sometimes a challenge. This movie leaves you with, like, a, a cliffhanger because it's intentional. It's, it's not just, like, they're going to keep making Avengers movies. We know that. But this is specifically a part one of two. So there's, like, it leaves you kind of in a dark spot at the end of it. Um, but it's just amazing. If you like superheroes, like, I like Iron Man all by himself, and yet you've got a whole fleet of crazy characters running around with him. Superhero movies are all about what makes the hero, super, right? Something that happens to them or something they're born with. So what's the, what made uh, Spider-Man super? Started with a spider bite, right? So you have this, you have something that comes in from the outside. Uh, my favorite answer, I think, was in uh, Justice League. Somebody asked, uh, somebody asked uh, Batman, what's your superpower? He said, I'm rich. <laughs> He buys all of his toys. And then you have, like, Thor, who's actually like a, a, a god, lowercase g, and so he's born with his powers, and uh, somebody like Superman. And then sometimes they encounter something like a Spider-Man or a, or a Hulk. You get the idea, right? We're not here to, to teach that necessarily. Something gives them this power. Now, I love superhero movies with one main character, but the group movies are so much fun. Avengers is an example of that. X-Men, Justice League was one of those. And the reason is, is because these involve a group of people that are needed to meet a need. Not one of them by themselves, even though they're individually awesome, just like your mama said you are. You're going to come across things in your own life and we will collectively as a church that cannot be met by one person's abilities. So you see where I'm going with this. If we are going to be a part of God's church, we need to walk in grace and share it with others. We need to grow towards Christ's likeness. We also need to identify the spiritual gifts God has entrusted to us and use them to help build his church. So just like Oprah, you got a gift, and you got a gift, and you got a gift, and you got a gift. That was sad, wasn't it? But I think one of the mistakes we make, and people can make, is I'm just here for the ride. Other people have this. Maybe it's because I don't know what to do, but sometimes it's out of the assumption of, well, everything's covered. You got your preacher, you got your band, you got your, you got your kishes. Kish, that's how Gabe says Kish, you know, Miss old Gabe, he works most Sundays. Well, everything's covered. Somebody's down with the kids, and, and I'm just going to show up. Well, I can promise you this. There's something that God has placed in you that if you will release it here, it will make the family church a better place and will be more effective and will reach more people. Romans 12, 6 through 8 says this. In his grace... God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. 
If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Isn't that a wonderful verse? It it basically says that we've been given different things by his grace. And just like I have three kids and they're they're very different. They're all very much Danelles, don't don't get me wrong. Um, there's some there's some things that unite them. Um, but we're the same way in God's house. Uh, he has given us uh, different things to equip us. And uh, just as a pastor, this is I, I struggle with asking people to do things um, for many reasons. But my fear is that somebody who crunches numbers all week, the last thing they want to do is is do more of the same thing. And so, but then some people are so good at it, and they they really like what they do. That's exactly what they want to do for the church. So I don't ever want to. I don't ever want somebody to be typecast, right? And and so I've asked people to to do things. They're like, uh, I know you're good. I know I'm. It's what I do for a living. But I I I don't want to do that anymore this week. And I want to do something else. How cool is that? And then somebody else is like, this is what I do. It it comes so easily for me that it would just be. I could do in an hour what it would take somebody else eight hours. So those are things where you've got to communicate with the leadership, myself and others, of what, what do you want to do? What are you called to do? What are you gifted to do? And this church is, is running because of people giving of themselves and what their abilities are. This says in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. I think that word well is very important. I think as a church we can keep a very high standard because we do everything here unto the Lord, right? And so it's important that we'll we'll take people at different skill levels of different things. It's it's you you got to make room for that, but we're going to push towards excellence. And so I want our kids to have the best care downstairs. I I want the best muffins. I want the best. You know, I'm just kidding. We got pretty good muffins. No one is exempt from any of the gifts. I think this is interesting. Because you hear one like, if somebody is gifted at giving, then let them give. Well, I'm not gifted at giving, so I'm walking by the offering. What's this talking about? There's nobody, there's nobody exempt from helping to lead at times. There's nobody exempt that you... that can't share a word from the Lord with somebody at some time. What this is talking about is something that you're going to flow in, like something that is going to just suit you perfectly, right? Those are fun things. And and when you can move in something you're good at, that's awesome. But just like in a family or in a job setting and in a church, if, if if there's trash on the floor, you... You pick it up. If if there's a need, you try to meet it if you can. So this isn't about exempting ourselves from certain things, but it is about finding where we flow. Uh, We should remain available to them, kind of like uh, all of them, like tools. I like tools a lot. Uh, We have a house that was built in uh, 2006. We're the second owners. And so any house that's basically been built in the last 
I don't know, few, few decades, has been built with what they call a two-car garage, but it's really a four-bicycle garage. They are about 20 foot by 20 foot, and if I didn't have a Mini Cooper, um, it would not get in there. We make sure that Danielle's car gets in there because I like my life, and, uh, and then I can, I can squeeze the Mini in there because it's small, and I crank the bikes up to the ceiling and all of that, but I like tools. Now, Danielle will say, I'm going to try to be careful here. She'll say something, can't you get rid of anything out there? Can you get rid of any of your children? No. <laughs> they are far more expensive, take far more space. No, I'm just kidding. I actually use my tools. And so I could use a workshop. And like I said, we've got this thing they call a two-car garage. Well, tools are all about having the right tool for the right job. And let me tell you something, when you have a breakthrough, when you've tried to do something and then you get the right tool on it, it is a game changer. Let me give you uh, an example. Has anybody in here ever tried to drill a hole into concrete? How much fun is that? Okay. Most houses have something like this, an electric drill. This one's pretty awesome. This is, this is my favorite. This is probably the jack of all trades in my toolbox. And I love this thing. It is a regular drill. You can get this what's called a hammer drill option. And it, so it kind of goes, right, 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 right. and it, it will help you a little bit more. But so you get what's called a masonry bit because you're drilling into masonry. And you put it into something like this, and you will be a very, very miserable person. Because even with this thing can do lots of things very well, but it's not quite the right tool. Now, <clears throat> okay. the guys know what that word means. That's, that's, that's a good brand. This is what's called a rotary hammer tool. This thing was made to do one thing. putting holes in concrete. <laughs> so what can take me a half hour and maybe a couple different bits with the drill that I love? Oh, look at this. I mean, it comes with something like that. You can like take off like tiled floor. Oh, I don't want to tell what it can do because I might get asked to do something. But anyways, this list of spiritual gifts and the reason why God gives different things to different people is because there's a right tool for the job. And, and so many times we limit ourselves as Christians. And just like if I go at a project and I've got one tool and 10 different things to do, it is tedious. It is not efficient. I'm frustrated. And the project may not get done or it may not get done well. And so this is about equipping the church to do everything that it's been called to do well. Listen again to the gifts listed in Romans 12. Encouragement, giving, leadership, mercy, prophecy, service, teaching, kindness. Those are pretty self-explanatory things, but do you want to go to a church that has all of those things? Yeah, I believe we are. I believe these are, I believe these are done and, and done well as we're growing into these. I want to be encouraged when I come to church. 
I want to be in a church that, that has its need, needs met. We've got money to pay for the air conditioning, and, and we bought a new TV for the little kid's room, and Bruce hung it up this week. There's kids watching. They're doing uh, worship to DVDs this morning because of the giving that's coming in. And so I want to be in a place that has good leadership. God is sending people to help me lead this church. It's wonderful. Do you want to be in a church that has mercy? And you can tell, even if, if a church believes in it, but if people are gifted in it, then that just means as you engage with the people in the church, you will find people that understand who you are and give you grace for what you've been through and welcome you basically as you are. It's a beautiful thing. Prophecy. Well, that one might sound a little spooky to you. I can tell you this, that there have been... Um, I can't even count how many times God has spoken through other people into my life. And technically, I consider, and, and the church does, that the, the teaching on a Sunday morning is a type of prophetic word. That, that when I go to study and whoever preaches up here, they have, they have gone to the Lord and said, God, what do you want to communicate to your people? Prophecy is God speaking through a person, using a person. So it's not, it's not supposed to be spooky. Service? Well, yeah, you can't, you can't run a church without that. Teaching? I'm definitely more of a teacher. I, I, I like making things plain to people. And then kindness. That goes similar to mercy, but you can tell when you're just in a place that, where people are, are kind. And that comes down to individuals walking this out. A church can't just fabricate that and say, oh, we're a kind church. No, that's up to the 10 people that talked to you this morning, right? 1 Corinthians 12 adds more, uh, explains some more gifts. Is this okay with you guys this morning? Nobody sleeping yet? Okay. Yet? Now, dear brothers, I'm in 1 Corinthians 12. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. We'll go on more of this in a minute, but Paul is basically saying, I'm going to give you a litmus test right out of the gate that you can trust somebody that says Jesus is Lord. Because you, you can't say that without the Holy Spirit releasing that in you. you. You don't claim Jesus Christ as Lord without being his. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all get all your tools from Home Depot, one source, different gifts. I'm being ornery. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Stay with me. I got a few more verses here. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. Tell your neighbor, each of us. To help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. That may not be the person next to you. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else uh, gives the gift of healing. 
He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to, to discern whether a message is from God. Still another is giving the ability to speak in unknown tongues. Ooh. While another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. I've been in many church services where I've heard somebody have a message from the Lord in a language I did not know, and then somebody else explained what it was for the congregation. This is biblical, and it's, it's, if it's done properly, it's, it's very encouraging to everybody. But it's, it's unusual and freaks some people out. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Tell your neighbor again, each person. See a theme there. Jump to verse 27. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. And I, I, know, I don't want to wear you out, but it says apostles, prophets, teachers, those who do miracles, those who do healings, those who can help others. Thank goodness for the people who can help others. Those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healings? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Uh, of course not. So you should desire earnestly the most helpful gifts, but now let me show you the best, the way of life that is the best of all. We're going to go through this uh, list here just for a minute. Administration. This is one of those things that is a part of being a pastor, but it's, it's actually one of my weaker areas as far as just breaking down systems and, and, and how to move along projects and to like follow through with those kind of things. Administrative people are usually kind of nerdy. I went there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, some people have a gift for seeing how things work and how to move people through a system. These are people who are able to be managers. These are people who are able to be project leaders. They're able to coordinate groups. This is a gift that the church is in desperate need of. And as a leader, I'm thankful for people that have come alongside me with this strength because it's not one of mine. And that, that, that plays along and, and counters against the myth of where one person has to be this multifaceted superhero, which so many churches look to their pastor to be the one, the one guy that does it all ridiculous it's a great way to wear out this guy and it's a great way to not do anything really really well right apostle what's an apostle that's a big church word an apostle is 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 somebody that pastors and church leaders look to for leadership or stand accountability to so we're in a network called the assemblies of god a group of churches so that we would consider that our an, an app apostolic covering somebody that is we are held accountable to uh, we were planted by c3 church and pastor conan has had a vision of planting a gazillion churches basically he definitely moves in this role of apostle of, of helping pastors get set up into leadership it's a beautiful beautiful thing uh, discernment now you moms all come with this one built in by the way um but in a church setting, what does this look like? This is where that spidey sense goes off, and you're like, um, this isn't right. Uh, that person is, is being manipul manipulative instead of truly being generous. 
You see what I'm saying? You're able to recognize what's going on below the surface. And that applies, that's really sensible to a body because we want to make sure that things are healthy here. And so if somebody, if one of you is picking up on something, said, Adam, this doesn't quite seem right. Well, I want to know that, right? Faith. Oh, my goodness. You guys hopefully all know somebody in your life that just is a rock star when it comes to faith. They will just believe and believe and believe. And these are the people you want to call to, you want to call when when you're going through something because you want them praying for you. Because these people just, they've got faith like crazy. Healings, I've seen these. And some people are, are have a gift of, of, they just, they believe and they, they, they lay hands on people and I've, I've seen healings. Helps. Some people are wired to take care of other people. It is awesome. And we've got a, there's a, more than a few people in this church that are just like, what can I do to help? That is, that's amazing. Prophecy, teaching, tongues, tongues interpretation, wisdom. These are things God places in the church because they're needed for the overall body. Verse 3 says this, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Spirit. This is so key that Paul lays this out because as we're encountering uh, spiritual things, it's important that whatever's happening happening is honoring Jesus. That's how, that's how we can gauge whether something is good, not necessarily bad, but good enough for us. That's a phrase I use with a lot of things with my kids in our home. Um, it's hard to say a movie is bad or good. I try to use the term, I don't think that game is good enough for you, Ben. I don't think, I don't think that movie is good enough for us. Because it, it's just a... A lot of gray, especially with media um, and TV. I maybe maybe it is all bad. I don't know. But that's so important in a church that we can have a sense of of that's not good for us. Jesus is Lord. Now here's the deal: God's gifts are pure and good. They are, and I've seen every one of these operated well. I have, and it is wonderful when it happens. Guess what else I've seen? User error. (laughs) Operator error. This is unfortunate because what can happen is it can give a bad name to the gift itself. And like I said, these are all good things from God, and he's intended for them to operate well, just like we keep hearing that word well in this. Many good people that love Jesus have chosen to avoid some of these gifts altogether because they don't want them to blow up. That's kind of sad to me. You know, it's just like everything, every good thing can be dangerous in, in, the right, in the wrong context, I guess I should say. And so God wants us to figure these things out and to walk in them. Paul is explaining the value of these to the church. Verses 4 through 6, it says different gifts, same spirit, same God. And so there's going to be some of these that are going to be a lot easier for you to understand or grasp. Like, oh, that's, of course that's good. And then you might look at another one and be like, I don't know if that's good. What God is saying is that these are, if they're all from the same spirit, 
then, then it's okay. A different gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Verse 7. I need people in my life. Just because I've been called to this position, it just means that I've, I've, I've learned to be obedient at a few things that God has called me to. It hasn't made me any more proficient at all of these gifts. You see what I'm saying? I'm dependent on people just like you. And so there's, there's people that have spoken into my life throughout it. I'll never forget one of the stories. Um, we, our church started in, in a strip center uh, just a few miles from here. There was a Christian bookstore there for years called Moments with Majesty. The couple that ran that store, beautiful couple, and they would hear things from the Lord for people. It was kind of a regular thing with them. And I can remember at a time in my life where we were uncertain of what to do, and, and um, I, was, I felt like I was supposed to apply for the youth pastor position at Trinity across the street. And, um, and I think it was the wife. She ran into Danielle, and she, just, she said something about, this is going to go just like how, how uh, King David was anointed king. What does that mean? Well, King David was the youngest of the brothers. And Samuel, the, uh, the prophet, he went through all of the different brothers. He kept thinking, oh, this one should be it. This one should be it. And then they ran out of people. And then he said, you got anybody else? This is very humbling, by the way. Well, that's how I got hired. They, they, they thought for sure that a whole list of other people was the right person ahead of me. But people operated out of discernment. And he said, that's not the right one. That's not the right one. You got anybody else? Pastor Scott gave me a call. He said, we want to interview you. I'm like, I'm not promising you nothing. And I had my interview, and then that gift of discernment spoke up out of, out of some other people and said, that's, he's the right one for the job. That's how this is supposed to work. It's supposed to be the right tool for the right moment. You might have it on this one. You might have it on the next one. But it serves the body so that we can serve the Lord. Is that help? Okay. And did you feel a little bit bad for me? Okay, no, you didn't. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. This is important, too, because sometimes you're like, I, I want that gift. Right? All of you together, verse 27, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. That's where we're going to dig deep into next week, just so you know. Um, a lot more on that next week. We're doing uh, Incredibles 2. The kids, the older kids will be in here with us. And basically next week is following Jesus is done better as a group. So that's next week. You, gotta, you guys want to come back. Verse 29 and 30 I think are very important because just like we can easily have envy of maybe what somebody else does, I think there can also be um, uh, some frustration at maybe expectations or something like that. And verses 29 and 30 repeatedly say the same thing. Are we all? Do we all? So will we all do that? Do we all do this? Is, is, are we all going to have that gift? Are we all going to do this? Well, no, that's the whole point of this. Now, here again, I believe we should stay open to all of them. 
And it's been my experience that God has used me in some way, even a small way, in each one of these throughout my life following him. I can remember being, uh, it's a, one of my favorite stories, I think I was 10, 12 years old, I don't know, refrigerator went out at the house, and uh, we were in the winter, and so we were keeping the milk jugs and stuff out in the snow, and uh, the ugly, evil white stuff that'll be back here in six months, and um, mom and dad had put together, you know, a few hundred bucks, we're trying to save money on a dishwasher, so we went to this kind of scam central place, and uh, little shady, and uh, and selling some used and then some cheaper ones, and and um, and so I'm just a young guy. I'm with my mom. She'd settled on the refrigerator, and I can still remember just kind of, Mom, I need to talk to you. Mom, I need to talk to you. Get away from the salesman who didn't want to let didn't want to let her go. Like, what does this kid care about the refrigerator? It's going to keep his food cold. And I said, Mom, I said I don't. I don't know. I just don't feel like we're supposed to buy this refrigerator. What do you do with that? Well, if you're a crazy Jesus follower like my mom, you say, I don't know what it is. We're not buying a refrigerator today. Somebody gave us a refrigerator the next day. What? So you're saying those little guys down there, can God can use the gifts in them too? You better believe it. They're actually more open to it than us. Not me. I'm not giving anybody a word. Why not? The church is a place where we should be able to grow in these and practice them, especially small groups. And and you can do it in real smart ways where you say something like this. God says you're supposed to know. That's not too smart. I think a way to start off with something like this is I feel an unrest in my spirit or I feel like God is I feel like God is showing me something about this. What do you think or or go pray with somebody else about this. There's there's a safe way to do this and there's a way that won't humiliate you, humiliate them or cause damage. And so when you start throwing around God says to do this through that and and you're wrong, let me tell you something, you can have some big problems. But this should be an environment where we can practice our gifts. Verse 31, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. The last phrase written in 1 Corinthians 12 seems like it's an afterthought. It says at the end, but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. What? So we list off all this, and then now let me show you a way. It's important, and maybe you don't know this, and so I want to explain this to you, is that the Bible wasn't written with chapters and verses like how we have it in our, written out in our Bible today. It was just written. And so along the way, they broke it up by chapter and verse just to help us locate scriptures and to separate themes. Does that make sense? Now, many of the Psalms were written individually, but they weren't necessarily in that order, and actually almost none of them are in chronological order, but that's beside the point. Paul has written a letter to the city of Corinth, and he didn't stop the chapter right there. He was actually writing on to a next sentence, which begins what we call the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. Listen again to what we just read, but let's connect it to the beginning of chapter 13. 
So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. If I could speak all of the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, if I had great faith that I could move mountains but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. This was written together. After explaining the value of the spiritual gifts, Paul puts it into perspective. The gifts exist to build the kingdom of God. But if we don't operate them in the context of love, we will gain nothing. And you can actually cause some destruction. I believe we are wired to understand this, which is why we love movies like The Avengers, a group of people that love each other and the people they feel called to protect. They show that love, they show that love by using their gifts for the greater good all the way to giving up their own lives if, if necessary. Our opening scripture today was Romans 12:6. In his grace, he has given us all gifts to do it well. This series is about stepping up into your place on the team. What does it mean to be a part of the church? As followers of Jesus, we need to live by grace and be committed to showing it to others. We need to continually grow towards Christ-likeness, and we need to identify the spiritual gifts God has entrusted to us and use them to help build his church. As we close, just quickly three things we can do to grow in this area. Present pursue and practice. Present, pursue, and practice. One, present yourself to the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, that sounds creepy. Ooh. Guess what? If you said yes to Jesus, we believe in the Holy Trinity. The Holy Spirit is already an active presence in your life. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That is a truth that unites his entire church. You don't just get one of the three or two of the three. What I'm saying is you're presenting yourself. You're saying, God, I want you to use me to grow your church. That's different, isn't it? That's why it's kind of like if you've said yes to Jesus, you're saying, I know I need to be a part of the church. But at some point, if you're growing in him, you should have a realization that you have a part to play too. And so you present yourself to the Holy Spirit and say, God, fill me and use me. Is that cool? Number two, pursue. Ask for the gifts. Make yourself available to any gift for any need. This is about saying, God, I don't, I'm not sure about some of these, but if you've made every resource in heaven available to me, then shame on me for not being willing to use what you've made available to me. And this isn't about saying, oh, I wish I had that. And, oh, God, I, I think I should have that one. No, no, no. It's, a, God, give me what you want me to have that I will use for you and for your glory. Present, pursue, three is practice. Like everything in life, practice is the only thing that makes you better at something. And what a beautiful thing for God's people to grow in their ability to operate in these gifts, to help each other, to help the church, and to reach the lost to build the kingdom 
of God. It is so awesome what he has designed for us. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you for your word, God. I thank you that you you have called a church to be your bride, God. And and just as 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 fantastic as you are in every category, you've designed your church to reflect you in all different ways, all by different people. And God, you have given us every resource we need in heaven. And so God, I thank you for these gifts. God, I pray that this would be a church that would flow in all of them as you need us to. God, that this would be a place where we could practice these, that this would be a place where we could grow strong in these. God, that this would be a place full of discernment, full of wisdom, full of your truth, uh, full of generous people, full of mercy. God, that each of us would present ourselves to you, that we would ask for these gifts, And God, that we would step out in faith and begin to use them. God, I thank you that you've called each of us to be a part of your church. As we're still praying right now, if you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never given him your heart, permission to lead you in the first place, is today your day to cross that line of faith and say yes to Jesus? I want to pray with you. Would you raise your hand where you're at this morning? just want to agree with you in a simple prayer. Well, maybe you're like me this morning and, and, and you realize that you have a, a, a part to play in this thing called church. It's not about playing church. It's a matter of being the church. And you're willing to present yourself to the Holy Spirit to be used. Is that you this morning? You raise your hand. Could we raise our hands as a church and, and reach out and ask God to use us? God, thank you. God, I see those hands. I see their desire to be a part of what you're doing. God, I know you are going to use them. This is one of those automatic yes prayers, by the way. God, use me. Okay. He says yes. God, bless these individuals that would want to be a part of what you're doing. Thank you for using us to do your work. What a beautiful thing you've called us to be. Amen. Let's stand and sing.